Hello and welcome to Kohler Commentary. Today, I invite my husband, Matt Kohler, onto the pod to reflect on our past four years of marriage together as our anniversary arrives at the end of April. It's crazy because I still remember our wedding night and how amazing it was for both of us to be under the same roof as so many of our loved ones with God smiling above. Even though there was so much joy that night, and there has been in our lives with blessings upon blessings, marriage has been far from easy for both of us, and we have gone through fires in our personal walks and in our united journey, especially this past year, which was absolutely our hardest year. It's kind of crazy to think that we can come together on the pod with genuine hearts of joy and excitement to share how we are more in love today than that day four years ago, because if you asked us even six months ago, Either of us could be quick to describe our marriage as lonely, disconnected, and hopeless. Oof, okay, that feels heavy, but without further ado, welcome, Matt! Hello, I'm happy to be here as the other half of the Kohlers in Kohler Commentary. I'm excited to be back. <laughs> it's been a little while. Yes, um, last time I think you were on... I was sick, and I'm sick again. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully I uh, can cheer you up with this great talk we're about to have together. <laughs> can you just sense the joy in our voices? <laughs> um, so both of us would agree that 2021 was so far, and hopefully the worst year of our marriage, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think you always want to get better and better. Yeah, and hopefully it will be the worst year of our marriage, but if there are harder Worst years to come, hopefully we'll at least be more equipped to approach it together. So Matt, why was 2021 the hardest year for you? Well, I mean, there was, it was a year of, I think, a lot of still newness. I mean, just from like a practical standpoint, right? We had Jaden kind of entering his more kind of like formative learning years at least compared to what he was like he could do so much he requires so much time and energy and like thoughtfulness into how we raise him and my last year of residency so there's like the pressure of kind of what's next and figuring out kind of from a career standpoint what's going on but i mean mm -hmm. right i think for me especially i think like marriage is like the 80 percent of what's on my mind every day so kind of despite everything i think my year the success of my year is defined by the success of our marriage and it was probably the most challenging year i mean i think back on the, the year before when Jaden was just born which was very hard but that was more hard in the sense i think of just like exhausting mm -hmm. i think this year was hard in kind of like you alluded to before in like oh man like is our marriage always going to be this difficult? Mm -hmm. um, I think what made it hard is I'm a very optimistic person. So I always kind of like anticipate, well, like, you know, this might be bad now, but I could see this happening to change it. Or I could see this happening where it opens this door. And I think this past year, I was like running out of the, well, this could happen. And then for really the first time, I think, I mean, our marriage, but actually like in my life, I was struggling to see like the open door that could make things look different. And that persisted for most of the year, which I've never, I, I don't think I've ever been able, would, would characterize myself as kind of a person who feels like hopelessness. Probably the first time in my life I felt that because again, marriage is kind of the defining thing for me, right? It's my most important relationship. And it was just in a tough place where, um, it didn't seem like what we were struggling with was changing. 
So even if we were struggling with the same things, it weighed more and more heavily because I couldn't see like the other side of it. So I think that was kind of the biggest thing for me for a lot of the year. What were some specifics within our marriage that you would maybe want to share that made it so hopeless for you? I think just how quickly we became disconnected because part of it's a personality thing, right? I think when we disagree with something, we respond a little differently. But I I think regardless of that, it got to the point where when, whether it was something big or something small, it always turned into us completely disconnecting from each other. And it would take longer and longer for us to reconnect, I think. And there were periods of reconnection, but it seems like those were kind of the exception rather than the norm. The norm was something would happen and it would kind of linger and then we would fix it temporarily but then the next thing would happen and the next things would often be like honestly I kind of sometimes significant but sometimes things that I couldn't comprehend how it was that it was disconnecting us the way it was and I think it became less about like what was happening to us and more about the response we had and we just I think we got in a pattern of separating emotionally and and intimately and and that that snowballs a lot of things and Yeah, it's just really hard for me when like the person I love the most and who my life is kind of defined by the most, I feel like is just so separated from me. And Mm. I never had that sense, at least not to that degree, even in our really hard stages before, right? This was kind of different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, right, that kind of lacks details, but in a broad sense, that was the big thing. How about, how about you? Um, kind of just like, why was this the hardest year of marriage for both of us in our own ways? And I think kind of how you alluded to this being more of Jaden's formative years where it wasn't just about losing sleep, because I also remember Jaden was born when COVID started pretty much for at least Texas, leaving that hospital, not being in the same world than when we entered that hospital was extremely scary for me. Um, but I remember feeling so close to you because in that time of like, incredible uncertainty and anxiety you were very steadfast and I felt more united with you um, to tackle this parenthood together fast forward to 2021 though that's when he's you know developing and there's more things of like teaching and responsibilities with him not just let's give him my boob and then let's catch sleep when we can. And I think for me personally, that mental load of motherhood, and I think that's something no mother really can prepare for, but that mental load of motherhood, including with COVID happening, so having to make the choice of sacrificing my work, which was finally the work job I wanted in Houston, it really was something that was like difficult for me to do, but I felt like unseen in that quote, quote, sacrifice. And I think that played out not just in our marriage, but something I felt in general was like, oh, if you're a stay at home mom, that's like the dream, right? And I agree, there are so many blessings to be able to watch your child grow up. But I think because it was giving up a job that I was really excited about, I think that was really hard for me to feel this like, oh, But there's also this big deal about like losing a sense of self when you become a mother because you're constantly thinking of all these things for Jaden. And that doesn't take away from the ways you cared for Jaden and thought about him in ways. But I think I felt like you didn't recognize or realize 
the mental load that I had been carrying. And I know that I expressed that to you a lot. And um, even though I expressed it a lot, there was never a resolution in that or like a united approach in how to resolve that. And so I think that created disconnection. Another point of disconnection I felt was kind of resentment because of our communication styles being different. And while there were things that were difficult when it's just you and me, when there's a child involved as well, and that in once again being in COVID, meaning like our grandparents, the grandparents are involved as well. That was difficult for me to understand certain communication methods. And then I think in general for both of us, what I had noticed was, and maybe it's because I pushed that with my culture in ways of like this theme of sacrifice. I think both of us wanted to highlight the sacrifice we were putting into our marriage and to our family with Jaden. Um, and because of that, we couldn't see each other's sacrifice or we couldn't um, even encourage each other's. You did a much better job of encouraging that um, than I did, but but we wanted to be seen for what we were doing for our family. And both of us felt like we weren't being seen for that. Um, so me feeling that way for me personally was this huge thing. And even as I share that right now, I think about Pastor Jason Co, who like did our wedding uh, ceremony talking about that me becoming we and then becoming he in our marriage. And I thought we had kind of like tackled the we, but I was like, wow, like we're still so much on that me of like, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, you know, that the we wasn't there yet, if that makes sense. So then with these things that made it difficult for us separately and together, how did it affect you personally? Yeah, I think pretty dramatically, actually. I think I my mind for the first time ever shifted from, oh, well, what can I do to make our marriage better to, well, our marriage is not going to get better. So what can I do to feel better elsewhere? Mm. Right. Because um, I became fairly convinced I wasn't going to get it from you. Um, so, well, she's going to be like this mean and disconnected and just like despair so easily then we right. I don't we don't really have a shot there but i can still be like a provider i can still be a good husband you know in a practical sense and uh, i can like kind of fill the gaps elsewhere which is like obviously not a lasting solution but it just got me into some really bad habits so i mean i would even call call them like idols honestly and to chasing you know and at the same time it's it a crazy world around us where like stocks were booming and a lot of work from home stuff so just kind of a lot of extra time on our hands and it just led me to kind of chasing kind of worldly kind of feelings and gains and stuff like that mm -hmm. because i was like well that can ease other parts of my life right, right if i do this and um stuff i've never really chased before or maybe stuff i have but not in a long time kind of that i thought was in the past mm -hmm. uh so it really brought out this like non- eternal focus of mine non-marital but also non-eternal focus so that was by far the biggest effect i think i really lost sight of what is most important to me mm -hmm. and i started chasing really, really temporary things to to fill like the the hole that i was like oh well definitely doesn't seem like i'm getting that from from ng so and i um, wasn't the partner you needed to even be able to feel safe to come to me to yeah. like just work through things at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, in this, you, you don't really re realize it, but you probably, you know, I never would have said I like didn't trust you, but you know, I probably lost trust in my ability yeah. to like communicate with you right. and talk to you. Stuff that kind of happens like insidiously, like under the covers that just builds up. Cause right. This was probably like a 
almost like a full year like slow process like right. build um towards kind of the end of the year so yeah that was kind of the biggest i think change in me i actually don't think i became meaner or like um harsher but i that was my version of disconnecting like i think you were more like robotic with yeah because you're saying you you had the mindset of provider yeah and yeah. you did that yeah i i But yeah. you were like autopilot or something. Yeah, like I think your version of disconnecting is like a very clear emotional disconnection. Mm -hmm. And mine was like kind of becoming like a robot husband while mm -hmm. seeking my own kind of entertainment and fulfillment mm -hmm. apart from you. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. And uh, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> As I signal Matt to ask me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, you know, and this was probably forming before this year, but This year, I really had to face and accept that I had been struggling with some mental health things in my life, um, whether it have been from our relationship previously, but also just like different things that I had held into internal. And so with motherhood alone, right, motherhood and COVID alone being such a big stress factor, but then in that isolating feeling, you can't, both of us couldn't go to our partners in our struggles. I felt very misunderstood or like not understood for my emotional bursts out and while i don't want to use mental health as like an excuse i what i was like depressed and i did have a lot of anxiety that i was not used to because i i was a very i am but i was a very strong woman and just dealing with these types of thoughts and feelings was really difficult for me but also because you Matt are a very like like you said an optimistic person even keeled well-balanced person I, I think and that has been very good for times of despair it's also difficult to feel understood when I do have hard emotions um, that I've never dealt with before and not feeling safe to express that with you or not feeling sure as to why I'm experiencing these things, but knowing that this is causing our marriage to suffer more because clearly I'm unhealthy. I don't know if that makes sense to our listeners, but I had very strong beliefs that basically over time, um, and I think even, even like watching you being such a loving dad, right, was so beautiful to witness because I think anyone would say that you probably brag about Jaden more than I do, right? I think at times though, it was actually hard for me to witness in our personal lives because you thought about Jaden very intentionally in the ways of like, I don't want this to happen to him or like even like actions of like sleep care and how you want to approach that or certain things. And while I appreciated that, I was also like, oh, I feel like I don't receive that type of intentionality for me. And so I continue to just have these beliefs of like, I must not be worthy to be pursued. I must not be worthy to be loved. And this is not something you, because of you, right? But those were beliefs that I was creating inside of me that continued to make me close off even more. So like when I had an outburst and your first response would be like, well, how did it get like this? You know, I also didn't know how it got like this because I've not experienced those harsh emotions. But in that space, that made me disconnect more because I felt not seen or understood at that time, which is not your fault, right? Because both of us were kind of navigating these new waters together, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because when you, when you hear right, like one person after another talk about it, like it's so easy to see how it snowballs so quickly because right. like these things obviously like interplay with each other very 
poorly. Right. Like they、right. reinforce each other. But in the moment, right, it's just kind of you experiencing it on your own.、Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to understand like why it keeps getting worse when like you're trying so hard to make it better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think something else, like these are all things like I think mental health and like in general for me, realizing some things like I have some harsh feelings towards like white culture in certain ways and how it had affected me since growing up. And so I think there are like certain things inside of me that felt like, oh, because we never actually like clicked in in our Korean ness together, which is something I think I was excited about. There were times I had. Resentment and feeling like, you know, as, and this is like, this is like not your fault, right? Like, but being a white passing male, right? I did feel these like subconscious feelings of anger towards you in the ways that I feel like I gave up parts of my culture that was really important to me, which is different from parts of the culture that is really important to you while we both share a Korean identity, right? And so I kind of like had those feelings and, and I feel like that's something I have to learn how to separate and not let that become something that affects our marriage. And that's something I had to continue to process in therapy as well. So I think, unfortunately, I became very unhealthy in certain ways. And unfortunately, you were my partner at this time. And sickness and in health is not just physically, but mentally as well. Yeah, that was like a big part for me and how things affected me. It's ironic that I'm a psychiatrist. Yeah, I think, and I mean, like, TBH in our arguments, I would be like, you are a psychiatrist. You know, like, it was, it, it, it was very ironic in a lot of ways because I didn't feel understood. But yeah, there w a s a lot of things I was doing in my actions that didn't let you feel. Encouraged and uplifted and motivated anymore because I was very mean. And I'm probably still like, you know, I am a little mean, but it's not, yeah, it was the heart behind it. <laughs> I think both of us could attest to not like, did I pick, I don't know, like, what were we the right fit for each other? Like, was this the right choice? But also not believing in things like separation for us.、Um, and not that it got to that point, but those were thoughts that. We flirted with, you know, in our own times because I think it became so hopeless for us. Pretty n a t And honestly, probably like every married couple、right. has points where you see traits about your person. Like, oh, like other people don't have those、right. really difficult traits. Like, life could have been much easier. Like, that、right. sort of、uh, mindset can trickle in. Yeah. I think that was hard for me because, and I think this is why marriage is so difficult because you're always, if you're a decently like good person or you're, you know, I was always like affirmed in my as a person. So I think like hearing how I am this difficult and experiencing a lot of things for the first time myself and knowing these are difficult things, but I didn't go through them before. I had, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. We have more reflections on that later. I guess this will probably come later too. But it's, it's also interesting just where your mind goes. Like it, there's so I think the same truth can be seen very differently, whether times are good or bad. So, so, like, Unji as a person is this like, person who has all these characteristics. And I think, like, in that year when I saw her, like, the, the parts of it that like, I did not want to be married to were like the, like, the glowing parts that、yeah. were so easy、yeah. to see.、Yeah. Um, but at the same time, right, those other parts of her exist. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I will talk later about just when I became in a healthier mindset.、Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, I'm not le- any less aware that those hard parts are there, but like I see her so differently b- because I'm healthy.、Mm-hmm. And it's just like pretty crazy the shift that can 
make? I mean, I think we could talk for hours just on how much of a struggle we went through. And I don't think it's unique to just us. I do think a lot of couples do struggle, whether it be when they become parents or whatever year it is in their own marriage and that like transformation time and that choice to realize we can transform and be the better us or mentally give up like we we kind of were both deciding to do. But if we look at the bigger picture and for us, right, God is a big part, a huge part of our lives, but we made him absent in in many ways in that past year. How do you think he was actually much at work, still working in us? Um, Yeah, I've always seen God as like someone who doesn't like keep us from bad things, but when we choose to indulge in like sinful things or bad things or act in like a bad way, he figures out like a way to use that for our good. Right. So I think that's how I could best explain it, um, kind of how I saw God moving in this last year. I think um, because of like circumstances, I not I not only I think, you know, as a husband, I began lacking and kind of entering this kind of robotic mode. But um, as a person, you know, I, as I kind of alluded to before, I started redeveloping some kind of bad parts of my life. Um, so I think God used that to like show me what, how quickly like how you know within one year span like how quickly i can have all these like crappy parts of me that come back like flood back so easily without me even realizing it like i start chasing after these things and then so he let me like see all that experience it and then and then he really decided to just meet me very intimately towards the end of the year in -hmm. december it's funny my testimony is very boring um it's like the opposite of NGs. That's why I like, I don't like giving it because I had a very like typical, right? There's never any like crazy event. I just kind of like, I'm not going to give my testimony. Anyways, very boring. I don't think so, but okay. Uh, well, yeah. But regardless, I never had this, these like, this like definable like God experience as part of my testimony. So really for the first time, I've had pretty like singular God moments, but not like changes where uh, he like changes me. He really met with me. I remember the details very vividly, but it was a morning where I I wasn't going in and I went to drop Jaden off at daycare and I had a morning at the coffee shop. And then he just kind of like stopped me in the car and I just heard him like communicating to me, just like basically like it's time to like do this differently. Like this, uh, it was like in an hour. And in the hour I wrote and like this long email kind of like confessing a lot of these things that i knew i was doing wrong and kind of this idea of like regardless of her i have been very bad like as um, as me as a husband all these things uh, just wrote her a lot of things that i hadn't hadn't really communicated to her at all because it's kind of all the things that I got caught up in at the same time he like completely reframed how i saw her i think mm-hmm. the best way i can describe it is like i realized that if I want to like live for God again, then like, what's the best way I can show God that I'm doing that? It's to like be better in the one realm that he's called me to above all else. And that's as a husband. So I, it like shifted this, this idea of like, well, it's not about, it's not even about being better to NG or like being better. Like it's about being faithful to like where God has put me in my life. And that's as a husband before anything else. Like, it's like, it's time. Like I can't, keep using unji's actions and i'm not trying to like pile on unji like right, we both had our own pers- struggles yeah. but like me blaming her for the way i'm acting like that's not even a that's not even a thing like that's a thing that is on me not on her right and i think it shows a faithful faithlessness towards god when i justify these things by that so it was just this 
he met me in like an hour kind of broke me down had me confess a bunch of things that i had in all year and just like in a moment shifted the way i see unji and honestly it's kind of crazy so since that day that definable day i have not once partaken in any of the things that i was i like let go of all those desires and at the same time even at our worst over these last four months i see unji with so much love and like a, a desire for her because i see her as this extension of me that is like sharpening me and making me better and i see her as more importantly than anything i see her as the woman i want to be married to every day even like an hour after our biggest fights since then right or i'm not i'm not perfect minutes. so like sometimes like it'll 30 be seconds even, in yeah. it's tough sometimes He's but like very good at bringing it back yeah but i can i can see her with eyes of like truly no like oh regardless of i still can't believe this happened she's still the person that's like best for me mm. um because of all these other things so so yeah i had this like singular moment of change which is weird that's not me i'm not like a very charismatic kind of i've never been that so i've never like experienced god in that way like quite like that so it's pretty crazy i think he did something different to me in this instance how about you <laughs> <laughs> sorry sometimes i i uh how get caught you, up talking about this god and then after i'm done talking I, for the second I'm like reflecting, I'm like oh, like I wonder if I said that well. You and then did. I, forget to, I think you delivered it And then I forget great. to ask you the same question. So, <laughs> how do you feel like God protected and guided you through this last year, despite all this? So Matt's encounter that he's talking about happened in December, so at the end of 2021. When I think about that year, though, I do see how he was present and he was guiding us with with steps in between. For example, we tried to do we actually tried to do therapy together through Baylor, and that was just terrible in my opinion. No offense to the person who was on the other end of the Zoom call, but it just um, there was a lot of cultural components I didn't feel heard about, and it was also really hard to hear each other talk in front of each other when we were not in a healthy space something that <clears throat> joanne one of our good friends wanted to spearhead was a marriage book club over the summer and so it was kind of like a therapy in its own way where it was a safe space to share things and so we did this marriage book club where we read a book by aaron ivy and jamie ivy who wrote their separate stories within and then we would come together and discuss and even that was so hard for us. We would, an hour or two before, we would talk to each other about the questions that we were going to go over. And multiple times those led to fights as well, right? It was so difficult because I think even at that time, both of us, and maybe more, probably more me, just like wanted to be heard for my struggle or my hurt in this marriage. And so... Yeah, that was really difficult. But I think when I look back at it, that was necessary, right? To to peel back some things and hearing the hurts we felt from each other in a place where we felt safe to share it. And so I was, I'm really grateful for that group because even just having a space to talk about these issues and knowing there might not have been a resolution and even crying or being angry moments before or moments after that book club, um, to be able to have that space was so so much of a blessing and something I've personally always wanted, like a group in a sense like that to share. And so thinking of how God somehow allowed me to do that with Matt's friend group, which has its own layers of awkwardness <laughs> from my past, but in general, being able to do this was a huge blessing and I think a starter for that. And then that same summer, I started 
my personal therapy because we both talked about it. And even though we believe we needed marriage counseling and both of us could benefit from therapy um, rather than me just waiting for Matt to also do it or something, I, I really needed to do it myself. And so even thinking of how I was introduced to Mustard Seed Generation, um, who is uh, the executive director, will be on the podcast next month. Woot woot. Um, but I think through that and just my heart for mental health growing in that capacity, but then being able to be connected to a culturally, a culturally competent therapist, in my opinion, and just someone who knew me and could understand some of the things I was going through, whether it happened in my marriage, but also just things that come up through being a Korean, like a child of a Korean American, Korean immigrant, you know? And so I was able to process so much through her. And recently we listened to a sermon where there was like a saying like, the your marriage is only as healthy as the unhealthiest person in the marriage. And a, a big, stubborn, pri- prideful part of me wanted to be like, we're both unhealthy. But unfortunately right now, like I am the more unhealthy person and constantly working towards making myself better is so important for the actual wholeness of our marriage, which I think is has been a huge factor in certain things, even though it wasn't like a wow changer. It's been a process that has contributed to me realizing things and then being able to break those false beliefs and whatnot. Um, So that was really good. In October, we went to this marriage conference that was uh, suggested to us by another friend, Kat. And I think that was really helpful just for like practical tips. And even that conference, I had been searching for conferences or marriage things that can help us quote, quote, fix it, you know, online, because I just like was like, we can't just be giving up because we're not working like we haven't even sought help or something. And so even for Kat to have suggested that one, which was the perfect conference, actually was an answered prayer that I am so grateful for because for me, I need these resources and these practices. And we got some really good communication practices from that that helped us in the initial months. And that for me then led up to still feeling like things weren't working and personally also being rebuked. Like, are you even praying for Matt? Or is it just like this, like we have to fix it mode. And and then to see that email in December and realize like, man, this is really all in God's hand and in his timing and how he encounters both of us. And a huge prayer was just that like Matt would also have his own revelation because a lot of times I felt like I was pushing us to this some some sort of goal that maybe wasn't a healthy way of doing it, but it felt like I only cared in terms of action to get there. But to see that, oh wow, it actually wasn't anything I really did or pushed us to, but God meeting Matt in the car at a coffee shop. And and so I think that's a really humbling and amazing moment. So I think those were the the main big things I saw that like God's fingerprints were clearly in that year, even though it was our most like lonely and difficult year. So then 2021 was terrible. It ended be, ended up being pretty great at the end, like the last month, I guess. Yeah, December was good. Yeah, and even just like getting to do Christmas with my family. And I think we even got even deeper talks of what all those struggles meant for us. Um, yeah. But how do we know it's quote, quote, changed? What are some signs? You know, we've been encouraged before only to be discouraged or disappointed in the past. How do we know we're actually on the right direction, in the right direction? I mean, I think I talked about some of it before, but I guess in two parts, like, so individually, how do I know it's changed is that I've like remained protected from a lot of the stuff that was creeping in last year. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like a fully protected um so and and that if anything even more than just the fact that having kind of like re-gotten into some of those things it's it's given me like a confidence that like wow like it was really like a like a god thing like a snap of the finger mm-hmm. thing and I think it kind of like renewed my, not faith, but like renewed my bond with God, I guess. Although I got to be careful with it because I think because of that, I've like trusted that change so much that I've, 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 you know, I've been praying some and haven't been reading too much, but like the basics, I need to kind of like make sure those are still there. But anyways, but it has renewed kind of my my bond with God and, and my trust in him. I've always been a very trusting person in God. I haven't always been like emotionally connected to him but ever since i was kind of i guess saved or or really established my connection with god i always like trusted in his kind of provision and providence um and i i kind of have that fully back again i mean as for our marriage like how do i know i think it's it's just our ability to overcome all levels of conflict so by that i mean when we have mild conflict it doesn't escalate and it stays mild and we can kind of move on when we have like moderate conflict it can escalate a little bit but that doesn't last that long and it doesn't like carry over to the next day or hours later like used to and we have like when we have really bad conflict which does still happen uh, you know less frequently when that happens we are able to like come together before that conflict is resolved in a way we never did over the last year mm-hmm. so like there are times when I, I there's a few there's been a few like like really bad episodes right we're not like perfect and uh, you know over these last few mm-hmm. months still plenty of stuff but in our worst like a, a few come to mind like the really awful ones where i know for a fact like six months ago that would have led to like zero communication the rest of the night and waking up the next day like kind of in despair it like an hour later there's like a a push to kind of like slowly reconnect and we have a conversation where we remind each other like that mm-hmm. despite this like i still want you i still mm-hmm. love you like i don't see you differently i just acknowledge that we maybe saw this incident differently mm-hmm. but i don't see you differently i think i've reassured you with that like a handful of times that- yeah like even once we left christmas break I can't, I went into like a little bit of depressed feelings because when I do leave people that know me so well without having to explain myself or something, it really fills something in my heart that like feeds me so well. And so when I do leave people, whether it's been when like I traveled and I come home and I'm like, oh, I'm sad. I miss those girlfriends I just visited or mainly my family. I get really sad. And I had that again after we left vacation, right? I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is when it's going to go back to normal because I'm having a breakdown that I can't even understand right now. And Matt's going to be like, oh, she didn't change. And so I'm not going to change, right? And it was, we still had to go to HEB to buy groceries for Jaden since we just got back from vacation. And in the car, when I was still in that moment and in those moments, I never felt you were okay with it. I didn't think you like hated me for it, but I felt like it was like, this is bad and he doesn't like this. But in that moment, you had just said something along the lines of like, you know, NG, I still really love you right now and I still want to move forward with you right now and this doesn't change anything right now. And I think like hearing that like just made me break down because I think that's like what I crave to hear. Even if you felt like that in 
depths of your heart, I didn't know that, right? And so those responses were just so vital. And so there's little things like that H-E-B moment or even like bigger things where it escalated because I'm, I personally am still having to dismantle beliefs in my mind. But your response would be that same. It might not be within that five minutes in the car, right? You need time to also respond, but it would always be like that. Or one time something happened and I went to the car because I felt really frustrated and you came to find me in the car, you know? And there were times where like there was something that happened and I went outside and I was like, praying you would come outside and find me but you didn't and then I would feel alone or something right and so I think the fact that you do that extra step is like it means the world to me and also reminds me like I don't have to go hide when I'm feeling like this but like I have a partner that's willing to walk with me through this and whether that had always been your heart like knowing it now has been like a game changer for me to try to like be more upfront about like things i i know that are still unhealthy in my heart yeah actually so i i remember those as senior but actually the one that sticks in my mind was there's one we were upstairs i know the, what you're talking about do you and you were breaking down no i know do, but do you it remember was, why yeah i know why but it, we were like that's the night baby number two was consummated <laughs> which is why i didn't want to bring <laughs> I was, it up I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> well i think we were only able to do that because you help bring it back together yeah. but i was really str- i went through a really bad breakdown then and it wasn't because of you and i think it wasn't like because of well in the moment like we had an argument but the breakdown part was like i'm s- yeah so yeah. so that one stands out the most because yeah, I, I, <laughs> I i could not i could not understand why you're breaking down. i remember the main topic i don't I, I don't think this was like the foundational reason why you broke down but the conversation i don't even know if you remember the conversation topic we we're having i know we're talking about finances i know yeah and you just started but that's not the only thing yeah yeah, yeah. but there were also <laughs> other things that i'm not going to see on here because <laughs> yeah but i just remember so it's in general a topic that Mm-hmm. Just me thinking about it, I was like, this is not a reason for this. Mm-hmm. And it was bad. And it was really, really rough. And then I remember I left for a little because I, I like, couldn't do anything. Like, it was it was bad. Mm-hmm. And then I came back. You know, I talked to you. And what I really, when I was talking to you, I was not trying to say words to like fix it. I was saying what I felt. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I remember I told you, I was like, I think I said basically something to the fact of like, Unji, like, I'm not going to leave you mm-hmm. like, like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I refuse to be someone who like has my wife in this state and like not be right because I was going through a just go yeah. away so, right because you kept telling me to go away like there's yeah. nothing I could have done to stay but right. then I came back I was like you know what you can tell me to go away but like I'm not going to leave you like this mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm not is because like I don't understand what's happening to you right now mm-hmm. but I don't see you differently mm-hmm. and I don't love you differently and to me that like encapsulates really mm-hmm. well the shift in my mindset yeah. like towards you because I didn't then, know what the heck was happening. I, but and then we continued fun. with our ovulation right, process. Well. Right. PG-13 episode right here. But yeah, that was the other one I was also thinking of um, as well. Yeah, I think it's obviously not like it, it's changed. I think something we've talked about recently is that I feel very heard by you, which is something I didn't feel before, right? Um, but we're still working on being like naturally seen by each other where it's not like a... I need this from you because when I communicate things to you, you do it really well. But there's a part of me, right, that wants to have you just think about me 
and do something without me having to like always delegate it. And I think that has to go back to like that mental load stuff. But I think both of us are working on that. And that's why, you know, sometimes when you have breakthrough, which was Matt's encounter that really kind of catalyzed catalyzed things for us, you think, okay, now we're ready for growth, right? But we're still in that healing stage where we need to heal of a lot of things. And something I had realized and was frustrated in was that Matt and I were really good and like showing signs of great healing and growth and love. But I had even more depressed feelings and more negative thoughts that had nothing to do with Matt, just like my mind. And it was so difficult for me personally and discouraging because I almost mentally blamed our marriage on why my mental was becoming like this. And so I think in general, having to, when it, when we say a year of healing, it's not just in our marriage, but it could have started there, but there are beliefs that continue to grow and fester around me. And so having to um, process those things has been vital in this past few months, which I think we've been doing an active job of like talking to each other about that and figuring out how to do that. So then what are some things that has worked for us? Like practically, we have one practical way to let you guys take away, which was at the marriage conference in October, we were because right, like I, I would say I'm the one that has initiated more of the communication before, not now, but like before it was definitely more me. However, I didn't always create an emotionally safe space to do so. And that led to a lot of fight. Right. But I think what these styles did for us was allow us to create a safe space, which could be corny sometimes, but allowed us to really get to the root of things. And there were multiple like communication styles that were in this conference, but the one that really worked for us and didn't feel as scripted was the fear cycle. And what that basically is a way to pinpoint like the you, you yourself, and then also your spouse, your fear buttons, and then in turn, your fear reactions. So then you're starting to discover what is actually the thing you're really scared about? What's that core fear that's speaking to you that's making you react this way? And so there was a bunch of different uh, words that were given to us. For example, as a result of this conflict, I felt rejected, abandoned, disconnected, like a failure, helpless or powerless. And the list goes on. And then it's because of that feeling, right? Now I am going to do this, which is withdrawal or escalate, earn it mode, blaming, exaggeration. So you're able to name what your fear button was. And because of that, what was your action? And I'm going to share an Insta post about this as a practical tip. But something we were able to do was, I guess, kind of like identify for me, I felt disconnected, like the big ones for me were feeling disconnected, feeling helpless and feeling invalidated. And so even if, like, for example, sometimes I would get so frustrated because I have never had so many communication mishaps in my life than with this person in front of me. For example, like, I know I said, put the apple in the fridge, right? But Matt knows he heard put the apple next to the fridge, right? Something like that. But I would eat, that would make me feel so confused. I was like, how could I, I never have these types of miscommunication with other people. But Matt and I constantly have those like, no, you said this. I, and then we're like, don't tell me what I said. Don't tell me what I heard. Like a lot of those, right? That's like a simple thing that was a random conflict. But what was actually happening was like, I felt one incredibly disconnected that I don't know why I am constantly having these um, communication problems with my 
most intimate partner. And then that also made me feel very helpless because what can I do? Like, I can't change someone's mind, but I know this happened, blah, blah, blah. And so then my reactions, my main reaction was often withdrawal, which is something that, you know, Matt had kind of mentioned before, never feeling so like apart from someone because I tended to withdraw, but I also was very good at criticizing. And um, I think I also showed a lot of like anger, rage that I probably wasn't used to myself, which was more of like along the lines of emotions I was dealing with. But those are big ones for me. But let's say because I was through, I was withdrawing, I made Matt's fear button be unleashed, which would be so the idea is this is right like a cycle that builds on each other so she said i might feel disconnected disconnected and then you withdraw so because she withdraws one of my core is like i feel unloved because now like we're separated and i don't even know why like in my mind nothing really happened so when i feel unloved maybe i your main ones were like defensiveness fix it mode and something else yeah so yeah i i I could get defensive like you know she's treating me harshly i didn't even do anything wrong like i just heard what i heard or whatever so then so i get defensive maybe and i like combat the situation so i do that then i feel invalidated yeah my other fear button of feeling invalidated happens and so then because maybe first it's like my reaction is to criticize or complain but then after he does his reaction then i feel invalidated and once again helpless what's the point and then i withdraw and then when i withdraw we just like don't talk to each other or he feels yeah. something. And then maybe now I f- I'm the one who feels disconnected. Mm-hmm. So when I feel disconnected, I I don't know. Then Sometimes I probably, you then would I, try to go into fix it mode. Yeah, either that or And then or you withdraw. would be like, let's talk, let's probably talk, let's talk. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. So when you said like, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk, like I don't want to talk, but then you would pester me. So then I would get anger, rage. And then yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a big cycle, which is kind of what you mentioned earlier when we had kind of shared some reflections at yeah. the beginning of the episode. Basically, we were able to start realizing, oh, here's a cycle. Here are some things we feel, which is both of us felt a lot of disconnection, but Matt felt a lot of unloved and definitely didn't feel worthy a lot. Like definitely felt like I was always complaining about something. And so that wasn't helpful, right? And then vice versa. And so I think being able to um, name those things in a way that allows us not to say you did this, but rather I'm feeling this was really helpful for us. And even though we don't use the practice like specifically anymore, I think this is something we still think about a lot when now, right? Like even if Matt's fear button might be hit, if you hear how we feel like it's changed, he comes and he just talks to me. And that's been really helpful. It's this clearly reflects that it's often my fear button that is it's hit enough to for me to create a fear reaction so i know i should also work on those reactions more but when i do have those reactions because of what matt went through he's able to react against what would be a cycle yeah and and a big concept of this is right so the cycle is basically a core fear a core reaction and the other person's core fear and core reaction and it just it takes one person you can't really change the core fear. That's much right. harder. But all it takes to break the cycle is for one person to change their core reaction to a healthy reaction. And as soon as one person can do that, you break the cycle. So that's the idea. And I think I've gotten good at changing that core reaction. Mm-hmm. I think I I probably do that more often <laughs> than you right now. Yeah, I but agree. you you do do it sometimes. And I think I agree. I think you that's the idea, better. right? Like we. I mean, we as, you know, like we as humans, we as Christ followers, we as like adults who are 
you know, charged with an ability to to like love our spouses, right? We we every time the cycle starts, like we have an opportunity to love by breaking the cycle, and it can be really hard, but it can be pretty dramatic. It just takes like a little bit of reflection and and like effort to be like, okay, no, I every part of me instinctively wants to react this way, but I have a choice. To react mm-hmm. a different way, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of the idea of the cycle: is like you break it at those points of choosing, which is those yeah. reaction points. Wow, Dr. Kohler's coming in with a better explanation. Something else that was helpful for us, and not like as crazy, but just working more to understand each other. We did this value sheet that my therapist had given to me, and you just kind of rank values, but you also rate the success of those values. And so we each did that separately and we came together and our number one value that was ranked 10, the only 10 for both of us was faith. Um, And then following that was marriage and parenting and then some more after, but those were the top three for us. And luckily when we did this value sheet, marriage was being worked on. And so the rate of success to the deficit of how it's ranked was not that low, if that makes sense. But faith was ranked number 10 or at the highest level, a value rating of 10. But I think I rated the success at like a two and maybe you did like a four because you're a little more optimistic than I am. Um, But that means that's like a negative eight and a negative six deficit for both of us and how how we're prioritizing our number one value, right? And how that's working. And so I think that was important to just like acknowledge. And so we can even as like strategies, right? And action steps and how to better ourselves. It's not just like working on our personal marriage, but also like what are other things that help us and uplift us? And for us, faith being one of them doesn't just mean like how we read the Bible and how we pray, but also like, church community what other ways that god speaks to us and are we doing those things like for matt a lot of it sometimes is like nature and travel right and so just like thinking of those things were helpful to be aware of so that we can make sure we're feeding and investing into our top priorities something i also took away from that was um, one of matt's lower values actually rated one of the lower ones was uh the career right the career value yeah yeah that was pretty low on my list yeah and for me that was actually one of my higher ones it just wasn't in the top three and i think that was important too because that ends up being a big clashing factor for us because i personally feel like oh in our marriage we had to take the choice and invest in matt's career because it's a medical training journey and with covid and then just the way we chose to parent Jaden, which we are happy with but that meant I had to like leave my career, right? And I think I've always felt this like stuckness with my career because every time I felt like I was advancing, we would move because of Matt, right? Like whether it was moving to San Antonio so I could be closer to Matt, then moving to Houston for residency, and then now Dallas, at the last year of each of these is when I have this great opportunity that I almost just, I can't say yes to, right? Because we're moving on. And that, that's been really hard for me and ultimately sometimes a innate re- feeling of resentment and sometimes even like pushing Matt to be like, oh, you should do this or you should do that because you have the career that you can advance in or things like that. But I think even with just acknowledging like for Matt, he has other values that are really important to him and that are great like within family and within marriage and within parenting that that is something he would sacrifice, not in the sense of like, not be able to provide for our family since we did invest monetarily as well, but in other ways of just like knowing what else is important to him. And so not that I wouldn't 
push him and continue to like encourage him to do to be the best at what he does but I also shouldn't like project my desires onto his desires. Yeah, so that was helpful for me. It probably is like a core reason why it's hard for us to see each other's side like quickly in those things because right. I'm like, yeah, I guess I, I don't feel as like um, lucky as I should that I've had every opportunity to like pursue right. this line of work. I think, right, because from your vantage point, it's like, well, we've done everything so right. you can succeed. And like, I, you know, I probably take that for granted because... I'm like, yeah, like it's great, like, but it's I, I don't see it as this like amazing it's opportunity I've had, um, and then vice versa. Yeah, I guess when I quit, I wanted you to be like, oh my gosh, like you're making this big sacrifice, <laughs> yeah. but you would want to be a stay at home dad someday if you could, you know, like so. Yeah. So it's just like interesting that perspective, like you're saying. Yeah, it was it was just good to you know put on paper and kind yeah. of dig through together. And we had a lot of very similar values um so that was also helpful to just remind ourselves like we do have things that are always known that we do it just like plays out in different ways yeah i guess to wrap it up even though we talked mainly about this past year it's not like it was just this year alone that was difficult um what are three ways you would have done it different before marriage done what different i guess i can go first so you maybe have an idea yeah you go first <laughs> what are some ways and then the second question would be what are three ways we've grown because of marriage but we'll do the first one and i'll go, go first and then i'll ask you naturally <laughs> i think one thing that i would do is stay in dallas while we were dating and this isn't because like i don't want to be next year or i don't want to choose you but I think I had moved because you said you were going to propose that year. But unfortunately, you changed your mind, which, you know, is fine. We've forgiven and for, not forgotten. We've forgiven and moved on. <laughs> but I think like because when I left Dallas, I was a very healthy person. I was probably in one of the healthiest seasons of my life. And I was I was leaving Dallas feeling like sent and feeling very purposed in San Antonio to, you know, be your partner and to explore this life together. But once I got there, unfortunately, due to, you know, pauses in our relationship, that led to a very insecure me, a very um, clingy me that I don't like those things. And I'm not used to being that. Yeah, I guess like we had no strong community in San Antonio. And so a lot of things were like, I began to grow distrust in my own relationship with God because I was like, I thought I was so confident in the reasons that he was sending me here. And then there's kind of like feeling very rejected. And so I spent those three years in San Antonio putting you first and not in a way that partners should, but like putting you first in the way like I need to earn that right to have him want to marry me again right and so that so that means my actions are now based on earning a person's admiration over what naturally was always god for me and that led to an incredibly unhealthy me which led to an incredibly unhealthy us and for like a long time not recently but for a long time right that was a huge resentment i felt towards you was feeling like you didn't realize that hurt it had affected me with. And so in hindsight, right, like I would say to like women and girls, like don't leave unless you have a finger on your ring, 
no ring on your finger <laughs> not like that right like if you feel ready but i also think like you should make sure you have community you should make sure you have relationships and um other things that are stable in place not just the guy and unfortunately san antonio had none of that for me i think in hindsight i would want to stay in dallas because i think it would have been a healthier me which would have led to a healthier us with hopes that even long distance we would have gotten together and gotten married because i wouldn't choose a different partner i would still choose you i just think that would have been a better path for us ultimately so that's one thing i think i would have changed another thing we unfortunately we started premarital counseling in san antonio but unfortunately our pastor at that time his wife had a pretty stage high cancer if like out of nowhere and so he understandably had to stop after like maybe one or two sessions and so we kind of just did that book on our own in hindsight i wish we either found another marriage counselor or we took more personality tests or we took more things that like helped us identify our differences and not necessarily make that not choose each other but allow each other to understand one another better before a lot of conflict happened because i think a lot of things happen because we are wired so differently and understanding that beforehand is i think helpful third one uh, yeah i think asking more questions to you i think like i i just assumed because you said like you like korean food or like oh yeah i did that like i just assumed certain things right but like i think asking what what your asian identity means to you right versus what it means to me like what thing like the value sheet like i just think asking more questions and not assuming things would have been a good thing for both of us so that we could learn about each other more because i think both of us probably assumed we were perfect for each other that first year. And that's what also helped you realize, oh, you're not ready to propose yet because we're kind of different and you are a little worried. Yeah. What about you? In a weird way, I think I would have deprioritized you a little bit. Yeah. Because I I was so like, I think enamored with you and the idea that (laughs) I put so much time and energy into you and it made me, that part wasn't bad. Like I think we had a really good relationship that year. But I wish I could have, A, stayed more invested in, like, my current friends. Yeah. Maybe instead of a trip to Dallas, right, I'd make a trip to Houston or yeah. something like that. But as much as that, well, oh, so I to expand on that a little, I, I, I feel like I, I don't know, I missed opportunities for kind of continued closeness with yeah. the people that I was closest to and that became, you know, really my best friends through the previous years. I actually so, echo that same sentiment. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, so I, I would have prioritized that differently you know still prioritizing you like right in like an emotional sense and like a like a effortful sense but not a time like less time yeah <laughs> less trips and stuff like that um but also i wish i would have invested a little more in early med school relationships and even more than relationships getting really plugged into a church there yeah a certain because there was a church that a lot of the med school people who i really valued they got plugged in quickly a really healthy church, which I didn't end up finding in San Antonio. But if I would have done that early, right, it was a lot of similar stage, like my people who I know I get along with, but I, I didn't have the opportunity to because I was figuring out ways I could, you know, surprise you or That's true, have which was really cute. You. Yeah, <laughs> but which yeah. was good, but it, it, it made me neglect things that would yeah. have been really healthy for me during those four years. Because um, then if I did move there, you would have yeah. had an established community for us too yeah but not not in just hindsight for that but yeah i think you definitely prioritized me a lot that year so i would have deprioritized you some which 
Sounds in a weird rude, way, would but have actually, I, I agree. Think, helped our yeah. relationship in the long term. Right. Um, that's by far the biggest thing, actually. Uh, besides that, I think that's kind of like an all-encompassing yeah. answer. So that's that kind of covers, I think, the main question. No, that makes sense because even for me, I also valued you so highly when I moved there that I lost contact with like my best friends and. There was a season where I resented you for that even, and that's not fair, right? And that's something I'm going through in therapy is just like missing friendships. Um, that's good to know if anyone is taking these advice or just just reflections of what we might have done differently. I would still choose you. I would just, yeah, like you said, there are other ways to approach it as well. Three ways we've grown because of marriage. I've grown in, I think, selflessness. I really like prioritize a lot of non-me things like for me to like see success in what i'm doing it revolves around like you and Jaden and god like my relationship with god i, I don't know it, it's made me a really like truly a, a more selfless person even though sometimes i need to like i think um diversify my energy a little bit mm-hmm. like be selfless towards maybe yeah. other extended people more but in terms of like living for myself like that's really a lot less like i, I kind of know what keeps me healthy and in a good place but outside of that yeah i think they're just things that I, I realize go beyond me and i think that's i mean overall in a good way like there's a balance i need to find but overall that's been a good thing i think i think i've become more responsible i think i kind of know what i need to take ownership of and like do those things well kind of similar to last to my last answer that i think i need to expand that more into like kind of smaller like daily things that could be better like supportive of like the little things kind of easing your mental burden and all that but for large things like i think i have developed like a sense of like responsibility and ownership of big things and let's see one more thing yeah i know i'm a really good dad i guess that's new (laughs) is it because of marriage i guess because we made (laughs) (laughs) no i Okay, I think... Okay, let me reword that. I think I've... The whole world knows you're a good dad. I think I've learned to be a better, like, life partner than I had been. So I think Mm -hmm. that, like, spills over into fatherhood Mm because I see that very much as, like, a joint thing. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's taught me how to, like, live jointly and do that in a way that's, like, um, biblical, godly. (laughs) I don't know. Like, do in a way that is different than, in like, a dating relationship or stuff like that. Yeah, no, those are good. How about you? I'm curious to hear how how you've grown as well. Last week, we streamed a sermon. It just talks about like marriage is allowing you to become the privilege of the best you you were meant to be. And it's a true transformation for God to develop you. You know, as I was listening to some of the sermon, and there was a part where it said, our salvation is wrapped around marriage and how we respond and love one another reflects our faith and salvation the most you had we kind of like talked about it after and you're like wow i feel like i've been doing these things you know and in a way that i was like yeah you actually have been you've been responding to me as we talked about earlier you've been responding so kindly when i still have my outbursts and i think like when i have those outbursts i'm so critical of myself and i i get so mad at myself and i'm like see you did it again you are messing up this marriage or because you had this reaction you know like it's your fault or like why are you like this why aren't you the way you were things like that are my thought um and not saying like oh god made me weak so he could transform matt right but like i think seeing bigger picture is like 
trying to accept like in this weakness that I had, like God use it in such a good way to transform you in a way that's clearly so seeable right now, you know? And while I don't hope to always be like that, I think just being able to see like how God is using my weakness is a big thing that has changed lately because when I see weaknesses, I don't like it, right? And I always want to be growing in a healthy direction, but I, and I've been so angry that I feel like I haven't been doing that. But God's reminding me, like, even in those unhealthy seasons, like, that's a chance for your husband to become the best him. And clearly, this has been happening. I mean, I also want to, like, make sure to emphasize, like, how amazing, like, you've approached difficult circumstances, right? I think it's like that we have less control about kind of the season we're in, right? Like, you know, the twists and turns of life have led to some struggles but like i think like the response we have right like a willingness to just kind of do what we can to combat that like that's the hard part right the hard part's not sinking into it and that takes like a level of strength that i mean i don't know i don't know if i would i don't know like i haven't really had these same struggles that you're having so that's true you haven't entered your sickness phase Uh (laughs) uh-oh no but like no but really like i think no matter whatever like the it's easy to see the negative in it but there's a level of strength there that's like pretty like shocking that like who knows like i don't know if i'm that strong of a person and i think that's right like you should be very proud of that i think it's kind of like the flip side of seeing your weaknesses is you when you fight against those you see like a level of strength that is pretty um uncommon yeah okay i I received that another way i've grown is actually in the ways i've challenged myself so as a enneagram type two i'm a huge befriender right and i want such authentic relationships unfortunately like i adopted a lot of your friends as like my friend group but it wasn't always the most genuine or natural for me just because of like not like serious but still dating histories that don't make it fully comfortable right and so i think that was always something that was like uh like for me but i think like you know when i talked about the marriage book club that's like all, a lot of your friends where i chose to be vulnerable and like fully me in those small settings and i just came back from one of my first girl trips as an adult with they're actually my friends too i shouldn't say they're your friends i do that a lot and that's not correct because i'm actually closer to a lot of them too today but like i went I just came back from a girl's trip where I was like, wow, I didn't ever thought I would go on a girl's trip. And not because like, I don't like these people, but because I just thought it would be an uncomfortable situation to always be around people that like might know me differently or could have different, not judgments, but like thoughts. But I'm like, I made good friendships this weekend too. And I'm proud of myself for going into what is at least for me initially an uncomfortable relationship and really still making it a genuine genuine one that I'm I'm sad to say goodbye to as we move as well. So I'm proud of myself for that. I think um, you have a lot of random friends here and there, and I do feel like I've made those efforts to get close to them. And and I think that's a reminder, like even in our vows, I said like your people are my people. And so I do think I've grown in that way, even if sometimes I remind you that I've done that. It's still something I'm proud of. And then lastly, I don't know. I guess sometimes I am too hard of myself in our marriage, but I do think I think about you a lot and how to try to take care of you. So, so yeah, that I would say though, like I need to do better at not doing that, not to like not take care of you, but also like to take care of myself knowing that 
that's taking care of us. So I guess that's something I'm working on to grow in. So we talked about 2021 and we talked a lot about how 2022 is shaping for us. What does the end of 2022 look like, the next six months for us? Well, we'll be finishing residency and we will be moving to Dallas. (gasps) M-F-F-L. Say it with me. (laughs) I'm actually really excited for it. I think even Mm. just actually this last hour talking, I mean, one thing that's just a fact that's true that I think is important to recognize is you've made a lot more external sacrifices than I have, like, um, as it relates to like relationships. Like you said, like you had to adopt a whole new friend group that was kind of weird and you did. I love all of you yeah. guys listening. <laughs> no, like who knows? Like you're probably better at that than I am. Like, I don't know if, if the worlds were reversed, if I would have done that as well as you did. Uh, that's very challenging. So like, I, I'm very excited to go to Dallas. That is just a little more, more of a natural home for you. And like, my opportunity to extend myself a little bit to like make relationships with people you know and i think i i'm more motivated i think now to do it than i ever have been and i'm excited to be in dallas we actually are closing on a home fingers crossed prayers lifted yeah so yeah really kind of making this a permanent thing and setting down roots in a place that I, i i do hope just feels a little more natural for for Angie to be and mm-hmm. you know my turn to make that feel natural for me too and becoming really a, a dallas a dallas site what do um, you all call F- it F-L. not houstonian but uh i i think it's dallas site but i don't think we say it oh that didn't sound right at all yeah. but a dallas person <laughs> um that's too proper for the <laughs> i don't know yeah so yeah so that so that's that's a big thing Upcoming. Bought a home, moving cities. You're starting a new starting job, a, job, which will a be, full-time crazy job. Which will be pr- pretty remote. So I'm excited for the flexibility. Which to, like, aligns with the career values to, of like balance too. Yeah, and to be there when we have the other big part of our upcoming. Which our is? Second child. You oh know, my God. God willing that yeah. the pregnancy continues to be healthy and good. And we have a, a healthy kiddo, another healthy kiddo coming. That is, that's a lot of transitions in the, the next six months. Yeah, that's a gonna, lot of big things. It's going to be crazy. And I'm within, we're raising a toddler, probably doing potty training, moving, all the yeah, crap. It's nerve wracking. It's going to be a lot. But but yeah, a lot of exciting things to come. Yeah. And I think a year ago, thinking about this would make me so anxious because I was worried about our teamwork or our communication. But I'm really glad that um we've been just able to navigate little things as we reach these big transitions because i have a lot of confidence in our ability to trust in each other as we make really big moves any other key takeaways before we kind of close up this pod i don't think so that that actually was my final takeaway that was percolating in my mind just like a like a yeah like excited Right, all all this is set on a foundation of like right constant transition we've had in our life, mm-hmm. and most of that transition was harder for you than it was for me. So I actually am very. But excited. then I made it hard for you because yes, <laughs> it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. But I am excited to transition to a place that, at least to some degree, just feels like home for you, and mm-hmm. that makes a small part of it at least a little bit easier, and making that home for me too. I think that's a good final takeaway. Um, last question. If our marriage was a fruit, what would it be? Uh, why don't you go first? I think I would choose a pomegranate 
because you know when you see that finished product the palms in the heb line is like looks so great and you just eat it and, yeah some people want to spit out the seeds some people eat the seeds Jaden and i eat the seeds i think you do too but there's so much work like if you want that type of pomegranate seeds like you gotta peel it it's messy it takes hours there's different methods and if you peel it a little bit too much then all the juice will squirt and it's not as like easy as it seems and so i think that would describe ours because right now i feel like our marriage is delicious as a pomegranate. What about you? Oh, it might be a pineapple. Oh, pineapple pizza. No, just a pineapple. You like pineapples. Yeah. Because um, the pineapple is like really harsh on the outside. <laughs> and you have to, right, the inside is really delicious, but it takes a lot of work to get there. And it can be <laughs> painful and like sharp. There's a lot of like harsh points to it. Um, it's also yellow and white. Because we're As yellow we and white. <laughs> and wow, your personal touch. Sweetness on the inside. Sometimes it's bitter. Sometimes bitter. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it's really sweet. Mm. And it's uh, worth it. It's delicious. <laughs> well, let's eat pomegranates and pineapples on our anniversary. <laughs> I would love to. I love those fruits. Sounds good. Okay, got my final random questions for Matt. These are rapid fire questions. Answer them as fast as you can. Okay? Okay. Ready? Who is going to win the Western Conference Finals? I, mean, I want the Warriors, but... That's your answer. Who's going to win? Who I think is going to win? Yeah, just who's going to win? The Suns. Who's going to win the Eastern Conference Finals? The Bucks. NBA Championships. Sons. Oh, you heard it here, folks. But that's not a very Stephen A. Making a prediction. That's a pretty like um. It's pretty common, generic, yeah. yeah. Favorite bachelor of all time. Bachelor, it's like guy, Matt James. Favorite bachelorette of all time. Oh, uh, what's her name? Michelle. Oh, Hannah Brown. You have been. Yeah, uh, she. I don't know. Maybe it's just because that was so long ago. I now. guess season season Most, might still be Hannah Brown's, but Michelle Young. Yeah. Keep in mind, we've only seen like three three of each. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you have matched with in the pods of this last season of Love Is Blind? I think maybe um oh what's her face the the Hispanic girl Mallory. <laughs> yeah, Mallory. Oh, okay. Why? I like Natalie, but I don't think I don't know if our personalities would jive. She's a little too subdued, I think. You like a little fire? Just like a little bit more fun conversation. Mm -hmm. I don't think Natalie's conversation was ever fun. Mm -hmm. That's true, that's true. Okay. I can see that. I you don't you wouldn't pick Shayna, you know she's a Christian. <laughs> no, she's terrible. <laughs> do you think we would have matched in the pods? I do. Actually. I think you're pretty fun. I think <laughs> like in a just conversation and we have shared interests which in yeah. a thing like that is big i actually think we like, i could have name dropped Stephen a <laughs> i think we easily would have to be honest i think we easily would have matched how many kids do you want two <laughs> what do you want to name our next child uh, i don't know it depends if it's a boy or girl okay if it's a boy what do you want to name our next child i don't have a rapid fire answer <sighs> when were you the best in the best shape of your life Ooh, i'm close to it right now I knew um, you were going to say right now. But I don't know. I, I'm, I might not be in better shape than I was kind of in some of my Austin years. Like mm. 2013-ish, maybe. What's your favorite thing about your body? I think... These are weird questions. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't pass. 
I like I have a I like I have a cool bicep vein. <laughs> your bicep that. vein. What do you want for your birthday? Uh, furniture. <laughs> for a new home. Yeah. Uh, we have a beautiful new home, but <laughs> we're not gonna have any furniture for quite a while. Um, who are you most excited for in Dallas? Oh, okay. I'll be honest. The first name. Oh, this is weird because they were listeners. People are offended. Oh, I thought it would be Christine. So the first name that popped in my head was actually James. Okay, I thought it would be between James or Christine. Because I associate him strongly with like that area, that, yeah. like Dallas. Yeah. But no well, offense, James. <laughs> I I'll probably James say I'll probably say Christine and Derek, just because. Yeah, they're yeah. like two like really close friends. Yeah. And James is a really close friend too. Yeah. I don't yeah. like ranking this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but James was the first name that popped in my head. Next vacation you want to plan? Was well, a two part? I want to plan korea japan could answer I know that's our next plan but i i can't say it's the most excited one i know plan. i would be most excited to plan a euro trip favorite thing about us well i don't know it's us but i you're still i think the f- funnest person i know i just think <laughs> right when we're when things struggle it gets yeah. in the way and it doesn't come out but but i think my favorite part is you're the most fun person i know to spend time with and you're my wife at the same time so i'm very lucky <laughs> well wow <laughs> This was a really fun podcast episode with you, Matt. Who's your favorite all time? If you could date, oh, you didn't any, come prepared with your own rep- contestant or bachelor. Who would you choose to date? To go on a, to date? That's hard. I just thought of it because when you asked who do you connect with the pod, at first I thought in the Bachelorette franchise, who would I or Bachelor Bachelorette franchise? Oh, do you I? have someone that like that? Susie came to my mind. Oh, she is very, she's like, she seems fun, but yeah. very rational, like you. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I know how to control my emotions. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> Who would yours be? Um, Clayton? Just kidding. Ew. No, um, no offense. I, I would say Matt James. He seems to live a fun life. Awesome. He seems to bring out the best in Rachel. Rachel will probably be my number two. Yeah, I would say Rachel seems like a good partner yeah. as well. Yeah, and and they have, they do have a shared faith. Yeah. He is uh, culturally aware and fit, yeah. etc. We should do an impromptu bachelor podcast another time. Seems like we still have good content to share. Yes. Well, guys, thank you for listening to our reflections as we celebrate our anniversary. Unfortunately, Matt will be celebrating our special day at Chang's bachelor party. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed just listening to our reflections as we were honest and vulnerable and really just grateful for the ways that we've been able to reshift a lot of things. Hope sometime, someday you guys can also share the toughest things, the greatest things about your own relationships, whether that be in your friends, your families, or your other spouse, partner, significant other as well. Thanks for tuning in to Caller Commentary. Commentary. I'm Unji. I'm Matt. And see you next time. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I would love to hear more from you on topics you want to hear. So go to Kohler Commentary to comment your key takeaways and join the email list to share what you want to hear about next. This is Unji Kohler signing off for now. See you next time.